welcome back to a new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and this is the Small Biz Podcast, where we interview and showcase small business owners from around the world. Now, on today's episode is Aaron Hendrick, the founder and owner of Nora Pickleball. Aaron sells pickleball paddles for those who are new to the sport, all the way to those who are pros at pickleball. We discuss his passion for the sport and how he believes pickleball is a great sport for anyone to get into. Now, I know you'll enjoy this episode. Aaron shares a lot of great insights and advice for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Before we hear from Aaron, I'd appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app and on Spotify. Just helps others discover the podcast and discover the small businesses that we feature. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the social medias. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning back in. Now let's hear from Aaron about Nora Pickleball. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much for being on Virtual Coffee today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, Nora Pickleball, first, would you love for you to just introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your company, and then we'll get into it. So, tell us tell us who Aaron is. Yeah, so uh, my name's Aaron. I've uh, grown up, I was a tennis player, actually. So, my whole family, uh, we all played tennis growing up, and I played college tennis, and then after uh, after I was done playing college tennis, I was looking for the next thing, the next thing to learn and try and you know, challenge myself with. And uh, I got invited to play pickleball one day with from my brother and just fell in love with it. So uh, for me, I I started playing maybe three or so years ago pickleball, and uh, that's kind of where my company company was started. I uh, sell my own paddles now and. Um, it probably took about a year from start to finish to get it rolling, but but uh, that's a quick little um, high level story of, of of how I began. Nice, nice. And for for our audience members who might be thinking, what the heck is pickleball? I mean, <laughs> it's become so popular now, which is awesome. But can you mm-hmm. give us a a brief description of the sport itself? Yeah, for sure. So it's really been the news a lot recently because there's been a lot of celebrities, pro athletes, you know, they're either playing or buying professional pickleball teams. But um, essentially, it's it's kind of like a mix of tennis and ping pong. It's just like on a smaller court than a tennis court. Um, and there's a slightly different rules, but it's played with a wiffle ball. The rackets are a little bit smaller than a tennis bracket but in my opinion I feel like it's a very inclusive sport it's very easy to pick up and and it's fun to play so um, it's been a really cool thing to see it grow so fast because um, part of it I think had to do with the pandemic Uh, Mm -hmm. you know it's a way for people to get outside feel like they're you know being active and also feel like they're being safe from um, uh, you know and they're in a safe space being outside uh, where the you know virus hopefully can't spread as fast so Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a really cool thing to see it grow so fast and um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and you can, you know, at our gym, they have pickleball courts and to your point about it being pretty inclusive, like you can, all ages, right, are playing and it's, it seems really fun. I, I did it a while ago, maybe when I was a kid, like in gym class or something, I feel yeah. like, but yeah, um, but I need, I need to get back into it. It seems so fun. Those people have a blast and you can tell there's, 
uh, like competitions and tournaments. It's really grown over the past few years. Yeah, there's uh, there's 21. There's like a park that has 21 courts near where I live. Wow. And I was out there Thursday night and I couldn't even get on a court. And that's with four people on every court. It's really it's really taking off and it hasn't slowed down in, I don't know, like a couple of years. I think it's been the mm-hmm. fastest growing sport the last two or three years now in the U.S. Wow, that's wild. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it seems fun. I need to get into it. But for Nora Pickleball, why the paddles? Like, did you notice, um, were you looking for a specific paddle that wasn't in the market? What led you to creating the paddles themselves? Yeah, so I've always been obsessed with like technology and tennis. I've, I don't know, I've just grown up and I've always wanted to know the different types of rackets, what they offer, but I've never thought of creating my own tennis racket. Um, I always kind of thought it was too complex for me (laughs) and I wouldn't really understand how to do it. So then when pickleball came around, the pickleball paddle is a lot less complex in my opinion than a tennis racket. So I, I started kind of experimenting with a lot of different brands, a lot of different paddles and realized it wasn't extremely difficult to come up with your own and create your own. So once I saw there was an opportunity, I kind of jumped on it. And that led me to, you know, reaching out to manufacturers, reaching out to pickleball paddle companies, and actually a lot of CEOs like took the time to meet with me. And I really got a lot of good insight from them on, on, you know, what, what the market's like and, uh, you know, what, what opportunities there are to, to enter. So, um, that's really how I started. And I got a lot of support from, um, family. And then my girlfriend is, is an entrepreneur too. So, oh, nice. uh, so he kind of, I got a lot of support and I think a little bit of her rubbed off on me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And yeah. I'm always, always curious of the details there, right? So you have the idea of, okay, I want to yep. create the paddle. You know, you mentioned you start meeting with people and getting inspiration, but what, what was the actual action? Like, are you sketching mm-hmm. the paddle design on a piece of paper? Are you meeting with someone to do that? Like, what are those specific steps there that I'm just always fascinated in how someone goes from, I have this idea to now I'm selling it to consumers. Yeah. So it started with me really, I bought a lot of paddles and I figured out what I liked the most just from, just from a playing standpoint. And once I found out what I liked, I then reached out to those pickleball paddle CEOs, a lot of local manufacturers. I mean, I'm from Michigan, so Mm -hmm. I looked a lot in the Midwest and also overseas. And so from there, I was just learning as much as I could. And once I learned I I could create something, I then started to download like Adobe Illustrate. I don't know if you've used it, but um, Mm -hmm. I started kind of designing and coming up with you know, a logo, uh, a company name and my company name actually is a funny story. I, it came to me at midnight one night and it's actually just <laughs> my name backwards. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I couldn't think of a good name. And, um, I was talking to, forgot, talking to someone in my family on the phone. I'm like, wait, my name backwards kind of sounds fun. So I, I, I went with that and, um, yeah, uh, created my logo and, in my design. So for me, it's, it's not my full-time job. I actually work in finance for a medical device company. So for me, it's really just scheduling time in the evenings or weekends to, to work on my design, my logos. And then that's when I would send it to manufacturers and kind of get quotes and, and samples from them and, and made sure it was, you know, up to quality. 
for the name Nora, I picked up on the double A and I was like, oh, maybe that's because Aaron has a double A. I did not pick up on the full backwards. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a little goofy, but uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, I like it. It's subtle catchy. enough. Yeah, it's subtle enough where it's not super obvious. So I like that. That's awesome. OK, so, yeah, didn't realize this was your like side. I don't I don't want to call it a side job, but your secondary job or additional job um, with Nora Pickleball. That's awesome. If you did go to college, what what did you make? And was it more in that financial field? Yeah. So I studied math and accounting as a double major in my undergrad. And then I have an MBA as well, which is like in general business. So for me, like I'm a CPA, so I'm, I'm in the finance world, which has definitely helped. But, you know, for me, I, I love learning the marketing side of business, learning um, how a business operates, and I don't see it as much in my day job. So this, this um, Nora Pickleball, this this business I'm running, really lets me control everything and be a part of everything. So mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. You know, I still have my finance job, but uh, being able to control like the social media, the marketing, all that has been it's been a lot of fun and it's been new to me. So I've enjoyed that. Yeah, that's awesome. And the reason I ask of your more educational background is just to show to the audience that anyone can, if you have an idea, it doesn't matter what your background is, right? You don't Mm. need to have been majored in entrepreneurship or anything like that. Like you can take your area of expertise or what you're passionate about and just do it. Um, Like you said, you know, maybe your financial background and business background has helped, but you've also done other aspects of the business that you didn't necessarily major in, in college, you know? No, no, that's a, that's a great point. And I think it can be refreshing. I think all humans, I think we're not just talented in one area, right? I think we have multiple talents. So it's fun to kind of learn and grow and then also show that we can do more than one thing. But yeah, I think it's a good refresher for a lot of people because I think, I think a lot of day jobs are very um, siloed. They're very isolated to one, you know, one aspect. So to have something new, something different um, that I work on, that's also really fun is, you know, it kind of, makes things more interesting, makes mm-hmm. it make my, makes my free time more fun. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I have a full-time job outside of this podcast and completely agree with that of just having a fun thing to work on on the weekends and after mm-hmm. work, it, it makes it exciting, gives, gives you an additional purpose in life. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Speaking of that balance, always ask this selfishly because I try to balance my full-time job with the podcast. Mm-hmm. How has that been? I mean, yeah, the the corporate world and nine to five world can be tough some weeks, right? Where I'm sure, I mean, speaking for myself, there's some weeks where I just want to come home and go right to bed. Like there's yeah. <laughs> no energy left for anything. So how how have you found the balance? Any, I don't know, best practices you found or is mm-hmm. it just simply a take it one day at a time type of mindset? Yeah. How do you think of that balance? Yeah, I I think there's a couple like different tips or things you can do to really help with that balance. And I think one of them is like building downtime into your schedule. For me, it's I have certain days of the week or even weekends where I'll work on Nora Pickleball. And I know it's hard to predict because I think sometimes when you have a lot of orders come in, you want to get them out right away. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, I have certain days and nights that I'll be like, okay, this is my pickleball my Nora pickleball nights. I'm going to focus on updating my website or adding new content or even just filming content. And 
uh, other times I'm like, you know, here's where I'm going to go visit my parents, go to my parents' house, see, see their dogs. And I think that's uh, really important to schedule those kind of things. And even if it's just quick little breaks in the workday, I work remotely, like I think a lot of people do now, but mm-hmm. I work remotely. So I will take a 10 minute walk around where I live or I'll go outside for a minute or two. And, you know, that just kind of helps get me away from everything, you know, refresh me and get me you know, ready to continue working or doing what I need to get done. So scheduling things, having that downtime, I think it's important. And it really helps when you're, uh, when you're busy, you know, when you're working a lot and you want to get things done, it's, it's good to kind of take a step back and, you know, focus on different things. Yeah. And that sometimes taking a break can be the most productive thing you can do in that moment, right? To what you're saying is being able to come back refreshed and ready to tackle the next task, whether it's for your full-time job or Nora. Yeah, totally agree with that. I like like that advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I try to take a lunch. That's like my big thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's sometimes it's it's different. I used to work in the office. Now I'm, I'm remote. So like taking a lunch, I think is important. Taking that break during the middle of the day. And then, yeah, making sure you schedule that time with family. I think for me, it's investing in your relationships is is really important. So um, whether that's, you know, um, you know, your wife, girlfriend, whoever it is, uh, or your family, just making sure you're spending time with them and, you know, giving them attention and, you know, giving them quality time. I think that's pretty important. Definitely important for them and, and for you. Speaking of those relationships, do you have support with Nora Pickleball? Is it mainly you taking on every task? I mean, clearly you have, you know, the emotional support from from your family, friends, it sounds like. But yep. is anyone else involved in the business itself right now? Just me. No investors. Okay. No one yet. So I, I definitely bounce ideas off of a lot of people, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. including my girlfriend. Um, but uh, but yeah, right right now it's just me. So I've had a couple different people reach out saying they want to get involved, but um, right now I want to be the one that makes those decisions and down the road, I might be adding on more depending on how much we grow, but, but right now, just, just me. Nice. Good for you. That's a <laughs> lot of work. I mean, the social media aspect of alone, like that's what, that's what gets me for the podcast. That is so hard. I don't think people understand how hard it is to keep up a social media brand. I don't know what, what you found. Do you have any you know, aspects of the business that are particularly challenging or just kind of that one thing, or maybe a better way to ask that is if, you know, in the future you're able to bring on employees, what are some of those tasks you're, you're hoping to offload to someone else, right? And who can take that on? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think social media <laughs> is probably what I want. Um, mm-hmm. I, I never used Instagram before Nora Pickleball. So I had to download Instagram. I had to, <laughs> I had to figure out how it works. And, and I kind of thought I was, you know, never going to use it. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not going to do the TikTok, Instagram, all that. And I, I had to, um, I had, I had to get the, my name out there somehow. So, so right now I, I do the Instagram posts. I do the Facebook posts. I'm not on TikTok yet, but, um, uh, yeah. So I'm hoping I can, you know, at least hire someone or intern down the road that would take over the social media. I think that's a big thing for me. But other than that, I really enjoy a lot of the other aspects of it. And for me, like I have had like one time, like you have small little hiccups here and there, like some small little challenges that come up and I've always been able to solve them, but it might take more time just because it's the first time I've seen that challenge. Like for example, someone, you know, was having trouble placing an order. So I had to 
um, you know, hop on the phone with them and, and walk them through what to do and, and stuff like that. You know, if I had to could have someone kind of manage that kind of like a customer service, that would be perfect, but I'm not quite there yet in the size. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fair. And I think, I mean, there's something to be said about you doing it all right now, because if you were in the future to hire on more folks to support you, you have you have that empathy for their job, right? Because you did it yourself. You understand what it's like to do Mm -hmm. it. And now you can truly appreciate having someone else take it on and understand what they're going through. And I think it just makes you a better boss, employer, you know, for the future when that does happen and you do bring on more people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I totally agree. I mean, if you've done the job or if you've tasted kind of what someone else is doing, you definitely can have a lot more empathy and understand what they're going through when it's happening. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And the, the business itself is like Nora Pickleball, right. Is built up from you, right. There's something to be said about that too. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, every aspect of the business building it so that like, it'd be interesting, you know, it'd be interesting to look at two businesses, like one such as yourself, who's building it up from scratch by yourself. And then another who maybe immediately brought on a social media manager, like, that'd be Mm -hmm. that'd be interesting to see, because that that person and that social media manager have to have such a great relationship at first, when you're first building a brand, right? How much time and energy and vision goes into that? I don't know, just thinking out loud, like that's, I think it's cool that you're doing it yourself and you own the entire vision for now. And I think that's really helpful when you're first launching a business. It, it was for me. I think it, it might depend on what kind of business it is and sure. who wants to make those decisions. But, but yeah, one thing is I wanted to control everything at first and it would have been probably more fun to have someone with me creating mm-hmm. it, but I wanted to kind of control those decisions and then also make them without having to run it by someone else. So I think that really, you know, made the process quicker and faster. And I I was up late, you know, late nights working on stuff. And I think it just would have taken a lot longer for me to, you know, work late at night on something and then have to run it by my business partner and then then submit it or do what I have to do next. So for me, I, I wanted to control everything. And then I thought my head down the road, once I kind of have things established, bring on someone. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, to your point, I think that's, it's true. It is, you know, great to own those decisions, but I, I do think sometimes it will be more fun to be in yeah. it with someone else, you know, but. That's fair. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to your point, depends on the business and the person. It's something to think about, right? If someone's listening, who's getting ready or has an idea to launch mm-hmm. a business, like think about that, you know, think of those pros and cons for each each path there and and decide what one you'd want to do. And it is interesting yeah. too. I mean, like for me, I don't have investors and I know a couple other paddle companies, even ones in West Michigan have investors. And the fact is, since I don't have anyone that put in money to my business, you know, I make, I can make decisions on my own and not have to worry about, you know, my investors and reporting back to them. So it's kind of different to I feel very flexible and and, and privileged to kind of have that opportunity where I don't have to say, Hey, I'm going to create a new version of my paddle. What's it going to look like? And really Mm -hmm. it's just all my own decisions. So, you know, I think that's another thing to consider. If you do have people that have put in money, um, you kind of have, and they have equity in it, you really have to kind of change your business model or at least have more people to report to. Yep. That's a good point as well. Yeah. Cause right now you, you make the decisions based on what you think and what your customers think. Like you have direct access to them and can make mm-hmm. decisions off of their feedback. So definitely a benefit exactly. there. 
So going going back to your paddles, I know you mentioned, you know, how you came to create them and uh, the path to the idea, but what makes your paddles different, right? If someone is interested in getting into pickleball, why should they they purchase a Nora paddle as opposed to others on the market? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a lot of paddles on the market and there's a lot of new players entering. It seems like every month, but um, you know, my paddle's unique. First of all, I guess the width is different and the, we have a thicker paddle and what a thicker paddle means, there's more control. So thinner means more power, thicker means more control. And how I, how I see pickleball, I see it as a control game. So my paddle is one of the more thicker ones you'll find in the market. We also have a surface texture. I call it like a rough tech texture. It's slightly different than what you'll see out there. And then also we're USAPA approved. And there's a governing body of pickleball called the USAPA. And in order to play these tournaments, you have to have an approved paddle. So it has to pass all these different tests they set up. And then after a few months, they'll approve it. And um, it'll be on like this list of paddles you can use. So so there's a lot of startup paddle companies that will just create a really cool looking paddle, but they won't want to pay the price or send it in and get it, you know, wait the time to get it approved. So, so for me, that was a big factor. I wanted a approved paddle that players could use competitively and not just, you know, for fun. So, so the kind of those three things kind of really separate my paddle. And then I think my mission too, of, I, uh, I focus on, you know, people that, want to play something different that want to kind of have a second chance in sports or, you know, for me, I, I competed in college athletics and I kind of thought my competing days were over once tennis was done, but now I'm like, well, wait, I got pickleball. I can now compete mm -hmm. in pickleball. I can now do tournaments in pickleball. And we mentioned how inclusive it is. I mean, they have different draws for different ages of people. So if you're 60 years old, you can then play tournaments that are, you know, for people that are above a certain age. So you can play against other 60 year olds. And, you know, if you're not as strong as other players, you have different levels, which is based off of like three, five, 4.0, 4.5. So really there's, it's very inclusive to competing, even if you're, uh, you know, a new player, an experienced player, you're younger, you're older, it's, it's inclusive in all those ways. So, you know, for me, it was having those opportunities and, you're really just providing a, a product that that allowed everyone to compete, even if they thought their competing days were over. That's a great point of like pickleball is such a great sport, like you said, to re-enter the competitive sports or just get back into a sport like that. Right. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That anyone, truly anyone can do. And also, yeah, congrats on getting approved. I didn't even think about that for mm. the the competitions and whatnot that and the tournaments. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure that was a. I can imagine that's a stressful process to go through, or at least while you're waiting for them to approve it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, I believe you have to celebrate the little things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, um, I had to look up all the rules or all the testing. I then did like a fake trial in yeah, my apartment. Yeah. I know I brought up my tape measure. I was measuring the, the width, the length. I was doing all that. And, um, I think it took a month and a half or so. And wow. I was emailing them constantly like, hey, any update? <laughs> they were probably really annoyed with me, but um, <laughs> the people from USAPA. But um, but yeah, I, we got we got that seal of approval. And uh, once I got that, I was I was gun ho. I was I was ready to go because I, I didn't want to um, I didn't want to release something that wasn't 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so other than like the thickness and the, the texture, I think the USAPA approval is unique to uh, startup paddles. I also like how you described that your paddle is more for the control, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. great for people who are wanting to just start pickleball because yeah, mm-hmm. who's going to enter and want want the power? Like, you, you got to learn, let's your point, <laughs> the control first, right? And and the technique. So love that. It seems like your paddle is great for experienced folks, but also folks who are entering the sport from a new perspective. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's funny, you know, pickleball is the fastest growing sport right now. And some some paddle companies see that and they're like, wow, let's enter the market and list a paddle for two hundred dollars. And, and the sales don't come and and everyone's like, why don't my sales come? And I think part of the reason is it's the fastest growing sport in like the under $100 range. So, um, it's for the people that are going out and playing once a week or once every two weeks. It's not for the people that are playing six days a week. (laughs) Um, so I think like the price point for me was important as well. So mine's, mine's not listed for 95. We do have sales that run occasionally, but you know, keeping it under a hundred was my big thing as well. Cause I didn't want to charge anything over a hundred for, for even people that are going to play a lot or little, I just didn't want something over it. That was going to be over a hundred dollars to the, to the consumer, the player. Yeah. Keeping the, the entry point accessible for, for as many folks as possible. Yeah. I did a quick search and paddles can get expensive. Jeez. Like I appreciate how you described your paddle. Cause again, it seems like you're getting the good quality for a decent price and a reasonable price. So that's awesome. Yeah. Paddles. I've seen some go over 300 and I'm not going to rip on them. They're, they're, they're good. They're definitely good paddles and a lot of players buy them and like them. So um, if you have the budget and you want to try it, go for it. But yeah, I, I think that is pretty pricey. And especially if you're new to pickleball, right. I wouldn't go out and buy a $300 paddle. You no, know, if, if you're brand new and just want to experience it, you can definitely, you know, you can buy mine or you can buy others. But um, but uh, 300, I think is a little, little bit on the high end, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe play for at least a year before we're <laughs> diving into those paddles, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that makes sense. Um, awesome. And where are you able to ship your paddles? So for anyone listening, any specific states you can't ship to? Are you just in the U.S.? Are you international? Yeah, so just U.S. right now. Okay. Um, so we offer free shipping for all U.S. orders. Um, international, we're, we're looking into. That's something we want to offer. But um, but currently just the U.S. Yeah, that, that's our that's what that's what we're able to do right now. We we launched nice. we launched in October of last year, so we are oh, fairly nice. fairly new, but um that's something we are we are trying to expand to. Yeah, that's great, and I know international shipping can be tricky for all sorts of products, so that's great you were able to get all of the United States as well. Sometimes that can be tricky, so congrats on that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, and that's one of those challenges is learning mm-hmm. learning how you're going to ship and what you're going to do with it, what you're going to use. So that's been a That was a fun learning process to figure out how that would work. (laughs) On that same train of thought, for those listening who, again, might be a small business owner or looking to launch a business, have you had any points along the way where you'd advise folks, for example, like shipping? Shipping can be really tricky. Like make sure you have, you know, enough time or be prepared for that process. Any other things top of mind where you'd advise folks in the small business world of, hey, this was trickier than I thought or you know, make sure you have enough time to figure this out. Anything that comes to mind there? Uh, I think the shipping was a good one. I think just make sure you have a process down and it can evolve. I think everyone pivots and 
has changes throughout the life of their business. But but I think I think for me, I, I did like a sample, like a test before I even went live on my website. So so doing like some samples some trial runs, seeing what works best for you is important, whether you're using mm-hmm. UPS, USPS, FedEx, whatever, whatever you're going to use to ship it, you know, have kind of a process narrowed down before you launch. Um, and then obviously you can change and find better ways to improve, but but kind of understanding how that's going to work was important. Also, another thing was understand how like sales tax and tax reporting would work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was that was um, <laughs> that was a, a trouble a trouble spot for me. I had to figure all that out. So kind of understanding that and how how you're going to report your business to like your governing body to your state. I think that's uh, that's something you want you want to have narrowed down to. So. Yeah. For me, I did that on my own. <laughs> that that was a, a good learning process for me. We don't have to go into um, too specific a details, but for the taxes and whatnot, did you have any resources in particular that you found useful, or was it simply Googling as you went along the process? Yeah, so Google is a good resource. I am a I am a CPA, so right, I right. have I, I have a leg up. <laughs> I have people. a little bit of an advantage there, I guess, but. Nice. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I still need to research. You know, I've called the state of Michigan a couple times and got more details from them because I want to be exactly I, mean, I want to have everything exactly right. So for me, yeah, you can you can call like your state. You can um, Google search, you know, their phone number online. And then I also just Google a lot of questions. And I'm not the first one to do a small business and I'm not going to be the last. So if you have a problem, you can Google and I'm sure you can find people with similar similar questions. And um, those are my two things I've done uh, just to get get over the hump of taxes and reporting. And it's been helpful. You know, uh, you use what you have and and reach out if you have other like questions, you can reach out to me or even like um, other small business owners. There's so many out there. I've I've talked to other ones and see what they've done. And everyone's pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. There's like Facebook groups and things, too. So it's been kind of cool to to see the community of these small business owners and how we all yeah. have similar similar uh, problems we need to work through. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a theme we always hear on this podcast is the small business community. No matter where you live, no matter where your business is, that community is so strong. And folks always say, like, rely on that community, ask questions, get support from those people. Um, so it's great to hear you say that too. And even when it comes to the more tactical things of the business like the finances the taxes like yeah still ask, mm-hmm. ask away because like you said others are dealing with that it's not just you yeah yeah I think it's it, it you know when you're a small business owner you can feel isolated feel like wow I'm having this problem like no one's had this problem <laughs> and right turns out most people probably have so, <laughs> you know I think there's some Facebook groups I joined and there's a lot of questions people have and it's, it's just kind of cool just to see like how people solve their own their own, you know, issues or challenges and kind of learning from that. Cause you know, I'm still having things that come up where I have to either pivot or uh, change. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a growing, it's a learning process and you grow a lot from where you yeah. start. No, for sure. And I love that idea of the Facebook groups too. I actually hadn't even thought of that myself to look at the small business community groups online. That's a great advice. Yeah, I uh, I'm in a lot of Facebook pickleball groups. I, it's it's one of my marketing ways. I see a lot of people asking what paddles to use, and that's when I usually will jump in. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, I have a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I've had to up my social media usage since I started. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we touched upon this a little, but where are you hoping to take Nora Pickleball? Do you have any, you know, milestones you want to achieve for this year or anything you want to share coming up with the audience? Yeah, a uh, couple things, I guess. So I want to host a big event, like a big like community party for Nora Pickleball. So I've already looked at running some courts out in a nearby park, you know, getting music, making it fun. So more fun, less competitive. So I'm, I'm hoping, hoping to run one of those uh, this summer. And then also I'm going to try to partner more with some small businesses in West Michigan. So those are two okay. things I'm hoping to do more of. A big milestone for me actually, though, happened this last week. So the Boston Red Sox, it's a uh, baseball team in mm-hmm. the Major League Baseball. Uh, they just posted, uh, you know, some some photos of their like players in the off season, like what what their players are doing, like day in the life of you know a Red Sox player in the off season, and they were playing pickleball. And then sure enough, they were they were using my paddles in the photo. Wow! So was, no way. Was, yeah, so that was a huge milestone for me. Wow. Um, to see Boston Red Sox players using it, and then they they posted on their social media. So for me, if I can you know have some of those professional athletes or people that are in media or on you know, in music or people that are kind of like celebrities, I guess, or people that are not pickleball players playing pickleball for fun using my paddles, that would be a huge goal. And it kind of fits in with my, my motto of, you know, like the best is yet to come. You can still compete in different things. Once you think you're done competing, you can compete in pickleball your whole life. So yeah, I think that would be a huge goal for mine to continue to have this traction of people who don't typically are pickleball players playing it and using my paddles. So yeah. um, I think that would be a huge, a huge thing. So a huge goal. That's for me. awesome. That's, <laughs> but we'll see. that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're, I mean, you're already there. I mean, you already had success in that area. Wow. How do you think they found your, your paddles? Do you have any idea? Yeah. So I have a friend in their organization. So okay. I, I guess it's a little cheating, but, um, no, but still I, that's awesome. I have a friend who's a, he's a pitcher for them. Um, okay. Very and nice. he, yeah, I mean, he he's from my area in Michigan, and then he was in the minors for eight years or so, and finally got called up to the Red Sox, and has been there now for two years. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, would you mind, you know, testing these out, seeing what you think? And, you know, then some of his friends on the team bought some, and wow. then sure enough, they're posting about it. So wow. uh, the Red Sox did. So I'm like, sweet, I got to keep this traction going. Yeah. So, um, that's so cool. So that's, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, even even if they're your friend, right? It's they could have still just tested it and nothing could have come from it. So that's awesome. Like clearly, clearly those paddles are are working and fun to use, and people are purchasing them, and that, that's really cool. What a success. Yeah, it was probably the biggest. Yeah, the biggest marketing or the biggest thing that's happened since since nice. launching mm-hmm. very cool very cool and where do you see your future with Nora Pickleball I mean do you ever see a future where you take Nora Pickleball full-time is that something you're interested in or maybe maybe you always want to have those two two jobs in your life what are your thoughts there yeah and and I don't quite know yet I think it'd be great to do this full-time and do pickleball but I do I do love my company I'm currently at right now as well so um, right now, it's a really good balance of both of them. Nice. But if if Nora c- continues to grow and, you know, I can have a sustainable or I can make enough income off of it to, you know, to to live comfortably, then, yeah, that'd be that'd be really cool. So, 
yeah, having my having it be my only job would be fun, but I do like the balance right now of both right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nice. I haven't really thought too too beyond that yet. But yeah, just seeing where it goes and what happens with it. And I think that will depend too on how pickleball grows because mm-hmm. right now it's it's a really fast growing fun sport. I think it's still going to be fun in the future, but I don't know if it's going to continue on this trend of of more and more players. So sure. as long as it, as long as the market continues to grow, it'll be great for for us. But I don't know. It, it's hard to say. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm hard always to worried it's going to slow because once it starts mm-hmm. slowing down, it's going to get even more competitive. You know. Yeah, it's fair. No, that makes sense. So yeah, reacting to those market signals and and seeing what happens. I I mean I like that approach. I I don't think there's any any need to decide right now, right? It's taking it one day at a time and seeing where it goes. Yeah, exactly. Well, Aaron, my last question that I ask everyone on the podcast is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? And it it can be related to pickleball. It can be on a completely different topic that we haven't even touched upon. But kind of that first thing that comes to mind in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment so Ooh. far? <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> I know. Heavy hitter at the end. <laughs> I think um I think from the business perspective, from Nora, I think it's having the finished product approved. That was probably one of my biggest accomplishments just from the business side. So yeah, like once I got that stamp of approval and it was all designed, ready to go, manufacturer lined up, everything was set. I was, I, I felt that was my biggest accomplishment. So having that finished product in my hand, ready to go, ready to go to the consumer was my biggest. And yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's, that's probably my, my proudest moment. Nice. <laughs> might yeah. not be as, as good as the other ones you've had. No, but, uh, no. <laughs> but um, no. I think that was big for me. So I guess my athletically or just outside mm-hmm. of that recently, um, I was inducted into uh, my undergrad college's sports hall of fame for tennis. Wow. So I think that was a big accomplishment that I was pretty proud of that happened, happened late last year. So yeah. I was pretty happy with that. Excellent. Well, congrats. Congrats on all your accomplishments, personal and business wise. And again, thank you so much for being on virtual coffee and sharing your advice perspective and your incredible products that you're you're making. Um, before we sign off, where can people find you in Nora Pickleball? Shout out your social medias, your website. Um, yeah, give a shout out to everything. Yeah, for sure. So norapickleball.com. That's where you can you know, read the story. You can buy paddles. We have a black and a white version of the paddle at norapickleball.com. Then also we're on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. You can just search for Nora Pickleball. And then also on LinkedIn, but I don't, I don't really post on there too often. So uh, <laughs> you can follow me on one of those social media sites and um, I'm posting pretty regularly and yeah. You, and you can buy the paddles from the website. So Awesome. Excellent. Well, everyone check out Aaron and Nora Pickleball. And Aaron, again, thanks so much for being on Virtual Coffee. Yeah, thanks so much, Alexa. Appreciate it.